Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Volume. The Draymond Green Show presented by FanDuel. The sports calendar is packed. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. So many sports right now. NBA, college hoops, March Madness, PGA Tour. App is safe, secure, easy to use. They've got exclusive offers, boosts, all that stuff this month on FanDuel. And when you win, you get paid fast. So jump into the action. They have live betting You can combine multiple bets, same game and a same game parlay. Try out same game parlay plus today. Start making every moment more and download the FanDuel app today. 21 plus in select states. FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800 one eight hundred next step or text next step to five three three four two Arizona one eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut one eight hundred nine with it Indiana one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred visit ksgamblinghelp.com Kansas one eight seven 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 zero stop Louisiana call one eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty or visit wwma underscore helpline dot org slash problem gambling visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org Maryland one eight seven seven eight hope New York or text hope New York four six seven three six nine New York one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Uh, this next guest, I am excited to have. Number one, um, he's a guy who has a voice, who's not afraid to use their voice. But as you know, come on the Draymond Green Show. 
You gotta have a resume. That's just how it goes. That's just what it is. You gotta have a resume. It's exclusive. You gotta been to accomplish something. And this guy right here, not only did he accomplish something, he actually um, beat me in the NBA Finals, uh, provided the biggest comeback in NBA Finals history, coming back from down 3-1. Uh, as you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they came back. Uh, this guy was the starting center, uh, leading rebounder, setting the best screens, defensive anchor, voice. If, you, if you're if you actually out there on the floor, like you hear how much communicating he does. So important to the championship team. I'm honored to have this next guest, my brother, Double T, Tristan Thompson. What up, my brother? What up, bro? Appreciate it. That's a good, that's a good little rundown right there. I like that. I like that. It says a lot. Yeah, I, I like it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You. No, no appreciate doubt, man. I appreciate you coming on. I've been, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. Um, you know, like I said, you're, you're, you're someone who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. The way that you came into the NBA, number one, uh, coming from Canada. Uh, basketball started to become big in Canada just as you were growing up. And to to take hold of that, uh, come to America on your path, go to Texas, get to the NBA, fourth pick, absolutely amazing. And I just really want to start off by talking to you about that. Like growing up in Canada, uh, I saw I saw the um, the Carter effect, the documentary, the Carter effect, and how much impact Vince Carter had on basketball. But growing up young in Canada, before all of that started happening. Did you even have a thought of like, I want to play basketball, I want to play at a high level and I want to go to the NBA? No, to be honest, um, you know, being a Jamaican uh, background, uh, my first love was soccer. So growing up as a kid, you know, six, seven, eight, eight-year-old, you know, it, it was all about soccer. It was soccer, soccer, soccer. And, and to be honest, I didn't even think about basketball or even the NBA. And to be honest, it wasn't really until Vince Carter when I was like, you know, I started hitting a growth spurt and I said, you know what? you know, keep getting these handballs on the, on the soccer field. I'm, I said, you know, let's, let's try basketball. It looks fun. Guys are jumping high and dunking. So I said, why not, why not try this sport out? And and then, you know, how popular Vince Carter was and the Nike commercial with the Nike shocks and see how electrifying, you know, always windmilling or dunking on Tim Duncan. I was like, I, I want to play basketball and I want to make, I want to make the NBA. So that's how it was for me. And at what age did you actually start playing? The, um, Sixth grade, so that was that. That's like wow. 12, 12 years old, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of compared to all the kids in America, uh, you know, you know, right now you have AU eight and under, mm-hmm. nine and under. So for me, it was kind of a later start, but uh, I fell in love with the game, and then ever since the sixth grade, I've, I've been been in love with the game and, and been playing. You know what's crazy is I see um, guys who start later. Like I started playing basketball when I was four years old. Um, I played on my first structured team at six and like, and I was playing with like third and fourth graders. So first grader playing with third and fourth graders, it's a totally different feel. And I didn't play much, but to get that experience for me was huge. And, you know, to, so you start playing at 12 and one thing, and you tell me if you agree with this, one thing I feel like I've noticed is guys who start playing at a later age, like yourself, don't really build bad habits. You know, you start young, you start at six years old, you can't really shoot the ball, you fling it like this, yeah. you know, like you're pushing <laughs> the ball. But guys who start at like later ages, yourself, Joel and B, don't really have bad habits. Do you agree with that? Can you speak to that a little bit? 
No, I agree. I think it's because, you know, we, when we start playing basketball, like you said, myself, Joel, and other guys, you feel like you're, you're behind eight ball. You feel like you have to catch up to the other kids that have been playing, you know, since like, you're like a guy like yourself, like, you know, since you're six years old. So for us, it's almost like we treat every practice or every drill. Like we have to get better every day and we have to build the, 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 the right fundamentals because, you know, we, we feel like we're, we're, we're 10 steps behind. And then, like you said, you know, you watch kids now, the first thing they do is go to three point line. They're just they're just chucking the ball. They're not. They're, they're, they're developing so many bad habits. And and just even my son Prince, you know, you know well, like you know, I've been Absolutely. teaching him, like you know, left hand dribble. Don't don't use two hands. No double dribbling. because, so, like you said, like the kids that start super early, you you develop bad habits. But you know, for a guy like myself and people from international, we know that listen, we're not American, so we're already behind eight ball. We're already looked at as not as good. Um, um, why, why pick a kid from Canada where I can go grab a kid from somewhere in the States. So, mm-hmm. so for us, we knew that every, every day in the gym, it, it had to count. Man, speaking of Prince, um, like you just mentioned, your son, mm-hmm. uh, who I have the honor of knowing and, and having a relationship with, he's such an incredible kid, bro. Like, and I know I've said this to you before, like such an incredible kid, speaks so highly of his father. He sit there like... My daddy play on my my daddy playing the NBA too. My daddy on TV too. He tell me all that. He'd be so happy, man. I think it's so dope. And you know, for you to mention mention him here, uh, this wasn't where the interview was going, but I actually was telling Farrah. Farrah was like, provide me with some questions. And I, I sent her some of the questions that I have, but I said, Farrah, I, I just want to let you know this isn't gonna be the typical interview. I like yeah. to go where where the interviewee takes me. And you yeah. speaking of your son, like. Like, speak to me about fatherhood. We, we've had discussions and speak to me about fatherhood, bro, and like what that's done for you as a man in your life and how it's forced you to grow. Yeah, well, I think it's important for everyone to know is that, you know, Prince and DJ, they love each other. They're best friends. And Absolutely. they, you know, have gone on vacation and, and you're an amazing father and an amazing role Thank model you. to your kids. And what you've done for when I'm not around for, for Prince being there for him, especially, you know, being on the West Coast and being able to, come back and forth to LA. So I appreciate that. I think it's important Absolutely. as, as men to, to show their appreciation for other fathers, because, you know, it, 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 it's tough. It's not easy, especially, uh, with our schedule. It's, it's, it's not really in favor for families. So the fact that, you know, you know, you're able to be there for DJ and, and even there for Prince, you know, it means a lot. So, um, I appreciate you for that. And I think fatherhood, I think it's, 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 it's part of the journey. I think, um, you know, me growing up, not having, a a father figure, having my dad around, you know, uh, you know, being him being in and out of jail, incarcerated. So, uh, for me having kids, it was always important for me to, especially with boys, you know, we gotta, we gotta make sure we, you know, teach them the right things and kind Mm -hmm. of be a leader. And I think that's how you shape, you know, try to create these young men and and kind of break the cycle. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's important. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And 100% bro. I I appreciate you. And also the openness to that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Prince is my nephew, as you yeah, know, and 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 like you know, do beach days. We do we've done all type of stuff, and and I have an appreciation for that too because I understand the grind. Like you're in Cleveland, you're in Boston, mm-hmm. whereas on the West Coast you can get back and forth, and I think that's important. You know, for us, um, like you said, your your father was in and out in and out of prison. My mom and my dad divorced at twelve. You know, and and I always talk about. Um, the things that I did not learn, like, so I, I'll never say I didn't, like, grow up with a man in my life. Like, I grew up with some great men in my life. But I had this conversation with my mom before. Um, 
I said, Ma, you were incredible. Like the things that you taught me were great. But there are just some things that I didn't learn just because I did not grow up in the house with another with with, with a man in the mm-hmm. household. You know, it's like mm-hmm. certain traits that that you pick up that that are those that a woman would teach that a man wouldn't necessarily teach or some things that you will pick up from a man in the house that you didn't necessarily pick up. And I now growing up in my life, I've realized like, man, there's some things that I just didn't get due to that. And so in a situation like yours, where you're halfway across, you're all the way on the other side of the country. Like not that for instance, growing up with a man in the household, but just to have a man around sometimes when your father can't be there, I think that's important. You know what I'm saying? And, and I try to do that when I can, because it's a tribe, man. Like we all were raised by mm-hmm. tribes. We weren't, we weren't just raised by our mom, raised yeah. by tribes. You know what I'm saying? And so I can appreciate that. And then speaking of mother, you recently lost your mom. Now, number one, I want to say, I'm sorry about your loss. Um, I couldn't imagine like, you know, my mom is everything, you know, and so I couldn't imagine. So I want to say, number one, I'm sorry about your loss. Uh, but just like, how how are you coping with that? Like, like, what do you lean into? Because you have to lean into something to kill the time. Like, what do you find comforting to lean into? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely tough. Like, like you said, like, you know, our moms, especially what I know, it's like a lot of us hoopers, like our moms are rock, you know, because they're mm-hmm. the ones that. They come to the AU games. They come to the high school games. Come to the college games. They, they're they're rooting for us. They're in the stands. They might cuss a fan out. They might they'll they'll go they'll go to war for us. So you know, my mom was like that for me, and you know, uh, losing her is it's been tough. You know, I think it's it's you know, there's always there's good days and there's bad days. You know, some days are easier than others. Um, what I try to do is keep myself busy, but try to give a lot of my my love and my time to my kids, just because. You know, they they give me peace of mind and they give me uh, a purpose. You know, of course, mm-hmm. we all have a purpose in life, but I think you know when when times are tough and 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 and, and things are, are dark, when you look at your kids and see them, that's that's where you get that light. Like, all right, I, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? I got to do it for them, and I got to be strong for them. You know, like my mom was a, was a type of woman who says, you know, you know, there's no time for sitting around. You got to get up and, and and be active. You know, men have Absolutely. to have ambition. Men have to get up every day and. And keep it pushing, you know. You can't be lazy, you know what I'm saying. So Absolutely. that's what I. That's what I. That's what I took from her. Her work ethic, and I just try to do that with being in this this, this state. Cause it's not easy. It's tough, you know. Um, you know, I get so used to waking up in the morning with her living in Toronto, the three hour difference. You know, waking up to text messages from her, and you know, mm-hmm. not getting that no more. There's times where I have pictures, like even when Prince had his school recital, like school uh, recital. I, I, you know, I, I I text my mom, and I'm like. You know, like so, wow. it's still it's still tough. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. um, you know, obviously she she was very big in, in the church and very big in faith, and and she was a uh, she 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 preached. So, you know, I, I just pray a lot, and you know, just get just the closer I feel like I get in with the spiritual side and, and with God, and you know, everyone has their own beliefs and whatnot. But you know, I just try to get tap into that so I can you know help help me through these times. Absolutely, bro, man, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Um, and your mom took care of your brother. I um, grew up having seizures, epilepsy. Uh, oh, wow, I had seizures. Really? Yeah, I had seizures. Cool. I was actually born having a seizure. So I was told this story. I was born and my grandfather said, why is that baby shaking like that? Like, the baby shouldn't be shaking like that. They never figured it out. Um, I think when I was like six or seven years old, I had like 
a real seizure and I and I went on medicine and I was on medicine since I was 28 years old. Um, I had my last seizure when I was 14, 15 and I was mm-hmm. on medicine for it until I was 28 years old. I started talking with a neurologist and he was speaking about like he was talking about, hey, man, I think you can stop taking the medicine now. Like we should start weaning you off. I'm like, actually, I already weaned myself off. Of it. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and like I, I happen to like I, I'm blessed and I, I don't take that for granted at all. You uh, have a younger brother who who has a much more serious case, uh, epilepsy. Um, And now you taking on that responsibility. I want to shed light on that, not not to share your business, but more so to show what type of person you are. Because I think a lot of times in in the media, people people get so caught up in someone's personal life that they and and what what they do with their life that, that they forget to see the good in people. And just speaking of the type of guy you are, you you've taken that on. Like, speak to me about that because that's challenging. Yeah, no, it's it's um, you know, I, I'm I'm the oldest of four, oldest of four. Uh, you know, my brother that's 27, so he's on his own in Toronto. And then I have a uh, the middle child. He's he's 18, so he's uh living with my brother right now. And then I have Amari, who's uh who's 16, who has epilepsy, and 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 he's with me full time and under my care full time. Um, the type of epilepsy he has is uh, called LSG. It's basically, if you want to put it in a nutshell, basically what one in 100 people have epilepsy, but he's one out of 2 million that have this type of epilepsy. And I guess and if you have to rank wow. it, it's, 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 it's one of the worst case epilepsies out there. So uh, for him, you know, he's, um, you know, he's, he's disabled and we have to have 24 hour care for him. So, I have to have caregivers, you know, and nurses that have actually dealt with cases like this just because, you know, with, uh, his seizures are very severe and if they're not treated right, it could be, it could, it could be very bad. So, um, for me, you know, I, I take that responsibility at the end of the day, like, you know, that's family. And my mom always told me when you're blessed, you bless others and you always take care of your family, regardless of the situation, you know? Um, and, and then to me, you know, the reason why, you know, I, I, I'm so close to Mark to me, it's like that one piece of my mom that I have left, you know, mm-hmm. and cause she, mm-hmm. she basically, once I got to the NBA, she retired. I told her, you know, no more working. She was a school bus driver. I said, just take care of Amari, focus on Amari and I'll take care of everything else. So, um, you know, I'm, I've taken on that with myself right now. And, and he's, he's, he's done much better being out here and it's always better when you have sun, but it was the snow, the snow and great Absolutely. Right now. <laughs> it's too depressing. So Amari's yeah, out here. He loves California. He's, he's, He's starting to gain weight and, and he's smiling more and more happy. And it's just, you can just see his energy and spirit. You know, of course, it's uh, even though he doesn't talk, you know, of course, people always feel he might not be able to talk or be able to articulate how he's feeling. But you could tell when 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 this first happened with my mom, you could tell he was more and more depressed, didn't really want to eat, was was more bundled up in a ball in the bed. But now that he's, you know, as time has passed, he's, you know, and that is a big shout out to the caregivers that I have, the nurses that are taking care of him, that are giving him the love in addition to to the love I'm giving him and my family's giving them because, you know, they're, even though they're getting paid to do a job, they're, they're, they're going above and beyond. And we have him going to, you know, birthday parties with the nurses to like, it's, so, so it's great. So um, it, it's, it's challenging, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of my journey and, and, you know, it's, I'm trying to make my mom proud. So. That's special, man. That's special. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's special. You know, like you, I think your mom said it best. We get put in these positions. And the reality is you're placed in these positions to bless and help others. And mm-hmm. for you to do that, like, you don't have to do that. You could easily 
have someone else do that. You know, you can have mm-hmm. someone else take care of it. You can pay for someone like you. That's honorable, man. And and I feel mm-hmm. like those are the stories. Like that was when I started this podcast. It was for stuff like that. It was for to let like let's talk about Tristan Thompson playing basketball and not like oh. Well, he had 13 rebounds today, but he only had seven. Like, yeah, my son can see he had 13 rebounds on the stat sheet today. That's mm-hmm. another reason I started. But also, like, the good in us. You know, mm-hmm. no one ever really want to talk about the good because they say it doesn't sell. You know, yeah, they, yeah. The controversy sells, they say. Yeah. No, 100%. that's lazy. That's yeah, lazy. That's just lazy. They don't want to do the homework. They don't want to do the work. Exactly. No, no. Yeah. Talking about Tristan Thompson and Amari. Sells as well, you know, and, and 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 it's refreshing, and people need to hear it. And so I thank you for sharing that story with us because you didn't have to, uh, but I can take something away from that, and I think everyone else can take something away from that. So I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, I agree. I think that's that's the one thing that I think with with your platform and what you're doing is like changing the narrative. And you know, you're and and one thing I, I love about you is that you'll get on that mic and you'll and, and the good thing is that. The difference between you and other people that we won't mention their name is that, listen, you can you can stir the pot and you can light a fire under someone's ass, but you actually have the knowledge. You have both, mm-hmm. which makes it which makes you a, a a fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? And, I appreciate and that's it. what and that's why the media is afraid of you because it's like, you know, even with myself doing ESPN, like like they just think we're just like you know, black basketball players that just just go play basketball, don't know nothing about the game, but they don't realize that, like, we study the game, we have knowledge, and we study what the, what goes on in the world, and we see the trends. Like, we see that um, if, if if a GM from, let's just we'll make, name it, if a GM from from Cleveland, if, 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 a, if a, a, a rumor comes out, and people be like, oh, well, it, it, if a cert, certain uh, reporters are cool with certain GMs. So you know if a, if a report comes from this guy, you know who's talking. And I think mm-hmm. you called that out. You called that out. And it's it's just like, you know, the fact that we know that stuff and we're we're changing the narrative of how people perceive us, they can't stand that because the guys that have these positions that we're in are usually the guys that never played basketball. Yeah. Probably were maybe maybe the GA or the ball boy. But the fact that we actually hoop and we have the knowledge and we have the feel, like it just it just it scares them. That's why they're that's what they fear you. So you know, Absolutely. I have to keep 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 doing your, your thing, bro. Like we gotta we gotta change that narrative. You know what I'm saying? We we have and, to. And we are the new media, baby. You know, I, I'm gonna yeah. tell you one, I'm gonna tell you one that I hate. Basketball players that start acting like they didn't play basketball. They start acting <laughs> like like they not one of us. Like, like, bro, like I get it. Like, you can be a part of the media. I am a part of the media now, you're a part of the media now. Mm-hmm. But one thing I'll never forget is I played basketball and how that feels. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like what that's like. And like it irks me when I see guys get up there and forget. Like, yo, you sat in that same locker room. Like you dealt with these same issues. You dealt with these same things. That that irks me more than the guys that didn't play and talk stupid. Yeah, like, I know, because it's like that brand new. You're like, bro, mm-hmm. I I literally played against you two, three years ago, and you were never like this. And, like, don't act like you've never been in these positions before or don't act like you've never had a a, a bad month, mm-hmm. a bad shooting month, you know, or not being mm-hmm. able to show up because who knows what was going on. But I agree with you when guys it, – it's funny because it's like, you know, doing media, it, it, everyone thinks that you have to figure out, like, which villain or character you're going to be. And it's like, no, just be yourself. 
And if you just have knowledge and you just know what, if you stand on what you believe in and you just know what you're talking about, people are going to fall, fall in love with you because people want organic people. People don't want to deal with the fake. Listen, you want to, if, if certain guys are on TV, they want to just stir the pot and that might last for a couple of years, but to have longevity, you're going to have to have more than just, you know, Absolutely. You're actually going to have to analyze something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not tell us what the stats you, oh man, this guy shot awful. He was five for 21. Well, I can see that. Uh, all right, what else yeah. you got for me? Why was yeah. he five for 21? What did yeah. that defense do to make him five for 21? Did he just miss shots that he normally makes and he was five for, what actually happened? To get yeah. him to five for 21. Yeah. Like, Break the film down. Break the film down. Show us what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. A lot of guys look at like stats and just talk. No, show us what's going on. Maybe it's a matchup that this guy has struggled the last five games against. When he plays against this guy, he struggles. Like, give us more, man. Give us more. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in speaking of these things and, and family, and I want to move into your career because I think, mm-hmm. uh, like I started this thing off with, your career was amazing. But before we actually get into the meat of the career, I want to ask you something that I will watch, and I know all of the pressure that we're under. Um, like, we are under an immense amount of pressure all the time. Schedule is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Two things that you did that I thought was absolutely amazing. One, you dating your child's, your second child's mother, uh, second, mm-hmm. through Chloe, mm-hmm. and her fame and attention that she draws. I don't think people understand the draw that that then has on you, right? Like, for you could, because you have to take on that schedule. You have to take on like that fame. You have to take on, if it's this event, I may be in the middle of, I may be in the midst of a stretch of five games and seven nights. And on one of those two nights we have off, there's an event that she has to go to and I'm, I, I have to attend that event, right? So now I'm six and seven nights. Like taking on that, how did you adjust to that? Like, you know, everyone wants to talk about your relation. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. Like that ain't got nothing to do. But how yeah. did you adjust to like having to take on another person's schedule that's so busy and so much and so out there, because that's a huge thing. And to stay locked in and focused like you did, like how did you take on it and like channel that? Yeah, I think um, uh, it's definitely, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, dating someone that's a high profile and dating someone that's in the public eye and, and, and whose career is very public, you know, you, you take on that. It's no different than, you know, with your wife, you know, like, now she had to take mm-hmm. on to your NBA schedule. And, you know, mm-hmm. like in Chloe, she had to take on to my NBA schedule. I think the 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 the, the great thing about, you know, about your wife and then about, you know, when I was with Chloe is that they they understood how much we love the game of basketball mm-hmm. and how much we are invested in it. And they, you know, during the season, she put a lot of her stuff on on hold because she wanted to be there for me and support me. And that's and that shows a lot about her character and it shows the, how much she's invested in the relationship. So during the season, it, it wasn't it wasn't tough at all because it was more so like the way we viewed it was during NBA season, it's about the NBA. And then the summertime is more focused on her because, you know, for us, our summer, it's, it's more kind of mm-hmm. freelance. You know, we freelance, we work out, you know, I can get up at six and be done with all my stuff you know, get two workouts in and treatment. Mm-hmm. I can be done by noon. So during the season, it wasn't so tough uh, just because, 
she sacrificed a lot to be in Cleveland with me. She was in Cleveland with me uh, majority of the season and she'd go back and forth. And that was a sacrifice that she made that I give a lot of respect to. But during the summertime, like you said, it was, it was, you know, there's definitely events you, you want to go to because you want to be supportive. You know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, when you're dating someone, you want to su- the way they support you, you want to support them. And that's what and that's what a relationship's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a union, it's supposed to be a it's a team. You know what I'm saying? It's no different mm-hmm. than, than hooping, having your having your brothers back. So um during the season wasn't tough. During the offseason, it, it was it was much easier just because we didn't have a crazy schedule. Um, yeah, would there be times if we were playing the Lakers and we were on a, a, a four-day trip, like we played the Lakers and Clippers when I was with Cleveland, the West Coast trip, there'd be times where we have an event, but yeah, it's it's tough, but you you make those sacrifices because you know you love someone and, and they do would do the same thing for you. But in terms of just uh, being a public eye, it's just you know it's it's a it's a bigger uh, microscope. Uh, but you you gotta be prepared for that. You gotta you know listen. I've made my I've made more mistakes than for enough men's lifetime. And so I've I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I've learned I've learned the power. But I, I take accountability. It was on my it was on me. You know, at the end of the day, as a man, you gotta look in the mirror and say. I made these, I made these wrong decisions and I, I hurt someone I love and I hurt loved ones around, you know, cause you know, if you, if you make a mistake and you, and you hurt the initial person, you're not just hurting them. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting you know, my mom, my brothers, her family. You're, you're hurting everyone that has any bit of love for you because at the end of the day, everyone just wants to see you happy. And when something, you know, negative happens that you put yourself in, everyone feels bad and they wish it never happened because they know you have a good heart it's part of the growing page. You know, I think um, growing up as a kid, you know, you always have your OGs and your older guys. And they'll tell you, Hey, like, I remember Richard telling me like, Hey, like, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta grow up. If, if you're going to date someone, you gotta be fully locked in and two feet in. And, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. You listen. But as, as kids, you know, you put yourself in positions and you make mistakes. And sometimes we got to find out the hard way. And uh, it's just part of the journey. And, and, you know, I, 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 of course, I wish it, it never happened. Of course not, but you got to be accountable at the end of the day. And, and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of times where, you know, a lot of the mistakes I was making, it was because, you know, I never had, I never, I was searching for something that it was just always in here. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like Absolutely. I realized that I realized, and that's almost the part of our, our game. That's the part of sports with athletes is, is the sad part, even though like, I'm going off topic, talking more like just, I'd be You're never off topic player. here, brother. You're never <laughs> off topic here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the 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 sad part about being an athlete or the tough part is that we're always taught to like, you know, kill or be killed mode. Mm-hmm. My way or the highway. You know, my shit don't stink. I can do whatever I want. I don't care who. So we're taught that because we're always in competition to get to that next. You know, it's like the pre-job. You want to move up the spot. So you got to take this guy down. He might be the nicest guy. He might be German for that. Who's a, who's a heavy Christian, but you gotta, you gotta go and destroy this guy. Cause you want his spot, you know? And absolutely. And, and, and developing that mindset as an athlete, it, it sometimes hurts your relationships because you mm-hmm. don't, you don't understand how to view someone else's side or, 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 or feel what someone's feeling. You almost say, Hey, I'm just going to do this and I'll live with the results. But then, shit happens where you know you fuck up and and, and my bad for cursing but you fuck up and curse and, as much and, as you want over here champ <laughs> yeah so you start you know you, you fuck up and, and you're like fuck like why do I keep making these mistakes and I know right from wrong I'm not a dumbass I know right mm-hmm. from wrong but then you gotta like you know for me I did a lot of therapy and like self-help and self-growth and I realized that a lot of shit that I was doing was from what I've seen what my dad was doing or you know like I said breaking the breaking the cycle because I don't want the mistakes I've made is the mistakes my dad made to my mom is the mistakes that I made to women that I've been, been with in my past. I don't want Prince. 
I don't want Prince to do that. I don't want, I want to break the wheel. And the only way to break that cycle was I had to stop that. I had to fix that being controlled because I don't want him to do what I've done. And when I'm 60, I see him 25 or, or being with someone or married, seeing him make the same mistakes I make. That means I didn't do my job as a father. So mm-hmm. until I understood that and, and, and put myself in a vulnerable position to, 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 to kind of let myself open up and, and, and figure out what, what was triggering me to make these kind of stupid actions, you know, doing stupid, mm-hmm. immature shit. Once I figured that out, then I was able to grow and kind of like blossom and, 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 and mature. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's what's helped me so much. And I think with this time, not playing on the NBA schedule, I've done more time to help myself be just a better human being because majority of my life is going to be non-NBA than NBA. You know what I'm saying? Being a professional athlete. So I got to start at some point starting to grow, you know, and with having more time on my hands, I had to, I wanted to do that. And that's, that's special. I think that's great. Um, you know, it takes so many people, most people so long to find that, you know, like to find that from within to find like, I want to go get some help. If I want to go talk to somebody, I'm cool. I'm going to go talk to somebody. I'm going to go get some help. You know what I'm saying? So I, I applaud you on that. Uh, but, you know, and, and and switching gears and moving forward to your career because that's a whole book in itself and everything that's going on. I want to start uh, pre-draft. Uh, there's this common misconception that LeBron James is one of the first clutch, um, is the first clutch client. Um, it's actually not true. No. You are actually a clutch client <laughs> before LeBron James. Yeah. When when you decided to go with Clutch, um, I mean, pretty much at the inception of Clutch, uh, yeah, at the inception of Clutch, what what made you trust in a rich and trust in fair? You know, they're at the beginning of their journey, and you a top, you were projected top five pick right away. What made you trust in them uh, so early on before anybody could see before? At the time when it was just, that's LeBron's boy, and he's starting the agency because of LeBron. What made you have the comfort to trust in Rich and Fair and Clutch Sports? When I met Rich, he was under CAA with Leon Rose, mm-hmm. and that was uh, LeBron's agent during that time. And um, I never, for me, I, I committed at Texas early. I committed at, at 10th grade because I don't care to talk to these older men and just have them lie to you. Like, I commit early. I don't want to, first of all, I don't want you college coaches calling me, okay? I'm in high school. <laughs> I want to be on AIM. I want a ticket with my friends. So I commit early. AIM! <laughs> you aimed it yourself, G. Yeah, AIM, yeah. I know, right? The, the sidekick of the, the dollar day plan. <laughs> but it was Absolutely. the same thing. Yeah, it was the same thing for, like, picking an agent. Like, it was, for me, it was like, you know, I, I, I trust Rich. I'm comfortable with him. He wants the best for me. I don't have time. I don't care to talk to the, 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 the I don't want to sit down and eat with you guys. No disrespect, but I'd rather just like hang with my friends. And like, cause I had that relationship and connection with, with Rich. I said, it's a no brainer. I, I remember telling my mom, you know, I want to sign with Rich. And, and, and this is, this is how much my mom trusted me where she let me decide what school I want to go to. She was not involved at all. And it was the same thing with picking an agent. We sat down and, and, and Leon was there and, you know, Leon was talking. We weren't really like, we weren't paying. We're like, Yo, Rich, what are we doing? Like, that's just fine. Like, like, we already know. We we know what we're doing. We're family already. We're already passing. We're at second base already. So let's just get it going. And 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 everyone has them. Like when Clutch first started, everyone's like, oh, it's just LeBron's boy and and da 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 da. And then all these other agents who are who are not African American would use would would tell other African American potential clients, hey, you don't want to do you don't want to sign with clutch because 
it's all about LeBron or or, or he's not going to be investing in you. He's, he's he's up LeBron's LeBron's ass. He's not going to care about you. And, and that's and that's totally false. That's 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 fake news. That's a hundred percent a lie. People just say that because they were afraid of Rich. The same way the media is afraid of you. And 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 it's just because they 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 nobody likes to uh, change or a new wave. The new no mm-hmm. one likes a new media. Nobody likes anything like that. Like, it's it's like everything in life. Like they get mad at LeBron for leaving Cleveland. Michael Jordan stayed in Chicago all these years. Everyone there's not a blueprint, and, and no one not nothing in life. None of these categories in life. There's a blueprint. Everyone writes writes their own script. And, mm-hmm. and for Rich, what he was able to do, I believed in from day one, and and as clutch continued to grow, and then you you know you came and joined the family. Other guys came and joined because. It's only so long that these older sixty-year-old ages can just hate, and there's only so many times you could use that. He cares about LeBron, or do it. Like yeah. it's only so much you can use that, and you're like, you know what, bro? You don't even come to my games. You just wait for me to come to LA, and you come to my game against the Lakers and Clippers. You're not, you're not even coming to the games in OKC. Okay. Like all these ages, they just, they do, they just want their four percent. They just mm-hmm. want their cut. And Rich was different. Like he was invested. Text me after games. Let's watch the film. You gotta get the floaters up earlier. You gotta do this. Like. And that's the and and when you're picking people to have in your in your team and and building out your professional tribe, you want people that are going to always be real with you, hold you accountable, and 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 love you for who you are, not love you for what you could provide for them. Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342, Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 visit ksgamblinghelp.com, Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit www.ma underscore helpline.org slash problem gambling. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org, Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW YORK or text HOPE-NEW YORK 467-369 NEW YORK 1-800-522-4700 WYOMING or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Facts. Facts. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, man. I've I've gotten the opportunity. I, I've known Rich for much longer than I've been signed with Clutch, but I've gotten the opportunity to see that as well. Like, you know what's crazy, and you just mentioned it. One of the things that actually, like, was the stamp on me switching to Clutch, like, I knew it was something I wanted to do. I'm like, yo, I think this is something I want to do. And then I just start, start like floating the idea around a little bit. I'm like floating mm-hmm. to a few different people, a few different agents. And when I saw how agents were speaking about him to me, mm-hmm. I'm talking about I had agents like some agents curse me out. Like, like that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, how dare you sign with him? How could you even mention me and him in the same sentence? Like, now, mind you, this is 2016, 17. Like, this ain't... This ain't too long ago. It's like, a, <laughs> like you know, it's right there. It's like, right, you know, it's like... Five, six years ago. This ain't a long time. I'm mentioning my name in the same sentence. but And when I start hearing things like that, I said, oh, that's the guy I'm supposed to be with for sure. Like, if you, if you feel that you need to speak about this man like that, and y'all doing the same job, and you need to speak about him like that, that's the guy I need to be with because you're afraid of him. And if you're afraid, you 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 actually know more about this agency business than me. You're not afraid of him. That's the guy I need to be with. And I figured I figured that out, like, and 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 it's continued to grow. And now the world knows, right? Like now it's on Front Street. You can't deny it. But for so long, that was denied. Like, I mean, it was constantly thrown. And and that brings me to to a question that I actually wanted to ask you. In 2015, uh, you, you held out. You didn't go to training camp. Um, you were up for a contract extension, and you held out. You eventually end up getting getting your contract you wanted. We actually signed the same exact deal. Uh, five yeah, years. Good thing. Good, good thing you signed 82. Good thing you signed 82. Because I was like, yo, I want that too. <laughs> <laughs> signed the same exact contract. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and doing that, I know, I know that you had to trust Rich, like, and going through that process, you had to trust him. But what I wanted to ask you was in 2015, when you're going through them contract extensions, do you think 
being a part of Clutch and the stigma that it had, did, did it hurt you or did it help you? And the reason that I'll explain the, why I'm asking this question is because everyone would try to say, man, you were Cleveland. Um, LeBron's in Cleveland, so Rich can get any deal he wants in Cleveland, right? I happen to believe that's false. I actually think it works against you, but that's just my opinion. But I want to know from your from your vantage point, you're going through it. Do you think being with Clutch at that point helped you in your negotiations or were they actually trying to use it against you? They, they, they were using it against me. And I think, listen, if I didn't, if I wasn't with Clutch, I would have probably ended up signing maybe a deal similar like Marquise signed. I think it was like a, it was like a four year, but it was like 80 year, maybe the mid-level or mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even I, I remember at the, at the deadline, because, you know, I think it was like October 30th is the deadline. Yeah. You want to get the extension, right? And I remember they came back to us at four years, 52, the Rubio deal, what Rubio got. And I, and I remember we just played the Bulls, and I had, 60, I had 16 rebounds, and 14 of them were offensive rebounds. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when, that's when the Bulls had Paul Gasol, Joe Kim in them. So yeah. um, I, the game's over. We play, It's an ESPN game. Rich calls me. And he says, it's, it's four years, 52. And really, to be honest, most agents would have said, son, take the deal. And you know how they talk to us like we're kids. Son, take the deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. I, I, I represented Mr. Rand. I represented Al Harrington. And he only had a four years, 32. Or, or I represented uh, Jermaine O'Neal, his, his second deal. And it was only uh, 52. Like they'll, they'll, They try to sun us because they think we don't know better. And they think we're just idiots. So I'm on the phone with Rich. And he says, man, four years, 52, what do you want to do? And I said, what do you think? He said, well, do you think you're going to get better this season? I said, yeah. He said, well, then why would we take the deal? I said, all right, but then I'm, we're not taking the deal then. So, but most people, the fact when I was holding out, people were using that against me, almost saying like, Rich is uneducated or Rich is over his head mm-hmm. or Rich don't know what he's talking about. But those people that were, were, that were talking, talking shit was because they had their insecurities because they know they couldn't do better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 listen, it got to a point where when they called when they called uh, when Rich calls you with the with the five year eighty two. Um, at first, I said no because prior to that, when we have our meeting at the end of the se- that's the year when you guys won the first championship mm-hmm. when Kyrie broke his kneecap. Um, at the end of that, we did like a, almost like an exit meeting, and Rich mm-hmm. said, "You know, we want the max. But if anybody asks you, say you want the max." So the max back then was five years ninety, but what yeah. uh, what Kawhi got with the Spurs, so. In my head, I was so, and if you talk to Rich, I was so into that mode where whenever I saw somebody, they'd be like, what were you holding out for? Uh, Chris Milton just got five years seven. I said, no, I'm going for the max. Like, I remember even, I remember even coaches would call me, like, coaches that, that, that we know, and you'd be like, man, he really called you trying to get a feel for it? I remember a coach called me, and, and he's like, you're not going to take this deal that Cleveland offered you at 70 or 75? I said, no, I want the max max only or, or leave it alone or don't call me and i was so locked into that max mode where rich called me he's like five years i said nah max he's like no no double d that was just part of it we get the number up to get the number up <laughs> we out we we hit the penthouse now we hit the pearly gates now just gotta take the deal so <laughs> so so having a guy funny. like rich you know the media would almost say he's over his head but really it's because he knew he knew the market he knew the game and at the end of the day it's could cleveland find a replacement for Tristan Thompson? And the answer was no. So what Rich always said to Dan Gilbert is, what's the cost of winning a championship? Mm -hmm. Is winning a championship worth 82 million? And Dan Dan sat there and he said, yeah, we got to pay. We got to pay. If we got to raise tickets, Rich said, figure it out. Raise ticket prices, raise parking, figure it out. But you'll make it up somehow. It's no different than 
with you with Golden State. And I always, I always tell people this. And people will say, well, uh, Draymond, this, that. listen, there is no Draymond Green walking through that Golden State door. That's why they had to pay the 82. And guess what? They paid 82. And then when they gave you the, the extension, the four years, 100, mm-hmm. they had to do that because guess what? They're, you, guys are in a, you guys are in a position at that moment. You guys are in a position where you guys are just in the finals. Everyone is still in their prime. Steph is still playing at a high level. You have to keep competing. You can't go from being in the finals to now just being in a lottery. And you just built a new arena and you spent billions of dollars. You have to stay competitive. So you have to bring your glue guy back. It's no different than Marcus Smart. People say, why did Marcus Smart get that extension? You have to. When the guys are at their peak and playing at a high level and competing for a championship, and when the city has that expectation and and the media's created that, you have to keep paying the players. You got to pay to play, baby. You got to pay to play. And that's why you got your deals. and, and, And listen, if you're not on the Golden State Warriors, there's no, there's no, none of those four chips, there's none of those rings. Those four rings don't exist if you're not on that team. And I tell everyone that every single day because that's the God honest truth. And listen, even game seven, you had 32 points. Mm-hmm. You let the game, I think, I think you let the team in scoring that game. I did. And I said, yeah, you let the game in scoring. So I'm saying like, people got to understand that it, it, it's building a team and, and these contracts, it's all about fit. Just because we got, just because I got 82, doesn't mean I'm gonna be. Doesn't mean that if I was on the Raptors, I would have got that or a different team. Yeah. Because at that right moment, I fit that puzzle piece, and that's what it costs. Absolutely, and you and I think saying? another thing, I, and a, another thing that people don't understand is this: the Cleveland Cavaliers, because they had your bird rights, mm-hmm. could actually pay you that eighty-two. Whereas opposed mm-hmm. to if you wanted to go to another team, they would have to use salary cap space to pay you that 82. Cleveland can pay you whatever they want to pay you because they have your bird rights. They can go into the luxury tax and pay you. However, what people don't understand about this situation is because they are in a luxury tax, if they let you walk, they can't just go sign someone else with that money because they then don't have that person bird rights. So what they could then sign because they're in the tax is a taxpayer mid-level, which is like six and a half, seven million a year. Well, who are you getting for six and a half million dollars a year that's giving you the production Tristan Thompson is giving you? The answer is no one. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. how you negotiate. And that's exactly. and hey man, you you did exactly what you're supposed to do. You got what you were supposed to get. And quite frankly, let's face it, y'all won the championship the next year. And it's worth it. It's worth it. At the end of the day, it's worth it. When you look at it and you, and you realize that we broke the 52-year curse. You look at all these deals, all the contracts, you're like, man, it's worth it because business is business and we got to take care of our business the same way they take care of their business. They Absolutely. don't mind a seven-game series because they're going to make more money and we don't, we're don't. we going to fight for all our cheese and all our all our coins because guess what? When it's all said and done, when it's it's over, when basketball's over, you're going to wish you had, had that extra coins. Absolutely. 100%. And that takes us yeah. from 2015 to the worst year of my life um, other than – DJ being born at the very end, as you know, Prince was born a week and a half before. Yeah. At the very end of 2016. And I also kind of that's a story for another day. At the very end, <laughs> at the very end of 2016. <laughs> we can't give him everything all at once. We gotta that's a story two. for another day. But yeah, at the yeah, very end of 2016. I have a son, but 
2016 was treacherous for me. And so let's talk about it. 2016, we're in the NBA Finals. We're up three to one. I get suspended from game five. But like, talk to me about y'all mindset. Like, you go down three to one, you're coming back to Golden State. What's the conversation like to even get y'all back to a mental space of like, we're down three one, we're going here for game five. We need to win. Talk to me about the conversations in that locker room. I think what was key was like leading up to that, 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 that game four loss because game three was in Cleveland. We won that game and game four, we lost to you guys in Cleveland make, making us down three, one. But the way we lost that game was something very simple where you guys were running a one, two pick and roll with clay and Steph and, and clay would keep slipping. And it was Kyrie and Jr. Kyrie and Jr. was the matchup on on, on Clay and Steph, mm-hmm. and they kept slipping. And Kyrie and, and, and Jr. I guess something the miscommunication was off, so mm-hmm. it wasn't where so like we felt like we beat ourselves that game just because mm-hmm. we weren't the, the lack of communication with with those slipouts and and you guys basically started a whole trend with these slipout screens, <laughs> right? So <laughs> so we so so I remember after that game, Bronson to the text out and like you know like we're right there. Like, listen, don't come on the plane if you don't think we can come back and win this, win this, uh, win this series. Because we felt like, even though we lost Game Four, we felt like we could. It was a winnable game. Mm-hmm. It was something that we, it was self-inflicted wounds where we felt like, okay, we can, we can do this. So going into Game Five, now our mentality was like, listen, we know how long that flight is. We know these boys do not want to come back to Cleveland. They do not want to come back to Cleveland. Nobody wants to take a six-hour flight. From, from San Fran all the way back to Cleveland, Ohio to play a basketball game. So we said, listen, if we win game five, this is going seven games. And the reason why we believed in that was because during that time, I believe Iggy's back was, was hurt. His mm-hmm. back was hurt. I remember we actually had practice. We did a little snooping too. We had, we had practice at your guys' court. We walked in and whoever your trainer was at the time had all your guys' names down with all your guys' injuries. And I remember you, you were on like you were on a bunch of medicine, like you were on like uh, ibuprofen, you were on a bunch of shit. I was like, God, I'm like, man, you're like on four medications. Then you see Iggy's back, you see Clay's. Remember Clay had the sleeve on his calf. Yeah. So his calf yep. was acting up. So we said, oh, these guys are breaking down. These guys are breaking down. So if we can, if we can get game five, we don't mean no mentally, because you know, basketball, it becomes like, in the playoffs, it's all a mental thing. Absolutely. So we're like, mentally, these boys do not want to come back to Cleveland for a game six. Absolutely not. So we can get game five. We can push this to seven because we know we can win at home. Mm-hmm. We're at home. We know we win it at home. So that was our mindset. And Braun, who's the leader he is, he said, don't come on this plane unless you could believe we could come back. And, and sure enough, everyone showed up. We believed that. And, you know, obviously, Timu talks about a story about putting a $100 bill up in, 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 the, in, the, in the vents and we'll come back and get it. And um, so once we win game five, you know, Kyrie, Braun both have 40, right? So that's yep. crazy. And, and the finishes that Kyrie had, I think he had the and one uh, with the lefty layup and mm-hmm. one. And like, from, I think it was, it was like a, either Rupert or Cowley or something. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> that stuff that Kyrie could do with his with his wrist game, it was just like crazy. So um, so now we're at game seven and, and, and we just believed in each other. We just believed in each other. And obviously we knew that you guys had injuries and, you know, obviously without you in, a, in, in the game, which helped us a lot, you know, you getting suspended, that was huge. And obviously we started noticing Steph getting frustrated, you know, with the throwing of the, the mouthpiece. So we noticed those little mental, cause you know, like those are, those are mental errors. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that you can't do that stuff, but we saw, okay, these are little, these are little chess pieces. Like mentally they're, they're getting frustrated. You know what I'm saying? And I would be mm-hmm. frustrated too. If I'm up three, one and, and it's like the game, Larry Bryant's right there. So those little chess pieces of your guys' frustration 
let us know we had a chance still, which helped us believe even more. So that's kind of like, it was like a mental game at that point for us. Cause the basketball, we, we, we could figure out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we knew mentally you guys were getting frustrated and you guys were actually banged up or hurt. So we said, okay, like, let's, let's just keep applying the pressure and, 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 and extend the series, you know? Absolutely. It's crazy too. Remember Bogut was out with the uh, yes. rib. Broke yes, out a yes. broken rib yes. and he missed mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Nah, we, we, we were beat up. And, yeah. and then obviously the suspension was yeah. what it was. But, you know, you guys come back and you, and you come back, you win the 2016 championship, um, which was huge and for y'all, for yourself, but also in NBA history, like, was huge. I, I'm actually not mad about that at all because then we come back in 2017 and we got Kevin Durant. What's the thinking yeah. then? Like, what's the thinking we come back next year with Kevin Durant? Man, I, for, when you guys came back with Kevin Durant, I said, how is this? I said, these guys are out of control. I said, I was, I was joking around. I'm like, man, these guys sold themselves to the devil. How the hell you guys pulled this off? <laughs> I said, how do these guys pull this off? You guys are 73 and nine. You lose in the finals and you get Kevin Durant. That's the gift you get. I mean, that's not a bad trade. Two champions. You give up one championship to get two. That's kind of, we call that a deal. We call that a steal. We call that a steal. <laughs> so that was actually a good trade off that you guys did. So I appreciate that. I wanted my one ring. At least I got one, right? So. No, absolutely. And by yeah. the way, most people don't have that. Yeah, and and, no, and no one's and, and no one's talking about. Oh man, you're a one time champion, four time. When you get in the meat of it, you talk about that. You're a champion. Exactly. We talk. Yeah. We talk about resumes coming on the Draymond. You're a champion. Yeah, exactly. We we, we ain't buying none of that. But and speaking of, you, you just spoke about LeBron and his leadership. Um, Mario Chalmers recently said nobody feared LeBron. That shit pisses me off, bro. That shit pisses that shit pisses me off, man. Like, you know what I don't like? It's like people will 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 like if I if I play like the fact that Mario Trump like Mario Chalmers at one point you were probably texting LeBron for to get on a team and get a job. So <laughs> so because he couldn't get you a job or get you on a team, and I'm listen, I'm just assuming. I'm 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 not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying. Listen, when you play with certain players and you get a point in your career where things are tough, you're going to make a call. Yo, look out for me or see what you could do. Just because you might not got your way, like how can you say that about a guy that you went to war with mm-hmm. who believed in you? There was times where D. Wade was on your ass chewing you up, Chris Bosh was chewing your ass, but Brown would always push, push Mario to be better, push him to be, you know, talk great about him to the media, said all these great things about you, and then you're going to come and say no one fears LeBron. Like, this this is the best player you've ever been on the court with. How are you going to say that no one... First of all, Miami LeBron is the, the most scariest LeBron we've ever seen in our, in our life. That part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 that that LeBron was... That, that was a, that was He was like 290 running a 4-4 and, and jumping over John Lucas and stuff. Like, that was that was athleticism at a whole nother level. Like, how, you, how can you say that? And that just shows you that, like, man, like, guys be on some sucker shit. And I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff because it's just like, bro, like, why you start switching up? Like you said about earlier, how guys get in media and they act like they never sat in the locker room. Okay, now guys are retired and not playing basketball. Now you want to talk shit about a, a guy that you you won a championship. But I would never talk bad about any of my teammates that I've won a championship with. I would never even fix my mouth because me and you went to war and we accomplished something that's 
after family and and, and kids and, and God, winning a championship is probably the next best thing in, in, in life. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. winning NBA championships. So the fact that you do that and you come out and, 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 and talk about that man after he just, you know, got the scoring record and he's in year, you know, 20 and like, like, come on, bro. Like, really? And, and, and it's just like, if your own people talk shit about you, then now, now you know why the people talk bad about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. We, we are the people like myself, any of Bron's teammates, we can't be the ones that talk bad about Bron because then it, then, it, then it further fuels the fire for all these other people that don't, that have hate for our, our, our brother and have hate for our, our family member that, that will talk shit about him. So we can't, from within can't talk shit because we talk shit, then all of them, gonna, you know, they're going to know there's a weakness in the tribe. So Absolutely. like the fact that he did that, like it's like, bro, like that's not cool. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't respect guys that do that kind of stuff. That's not the way I operate. I've never talked bad about none of my teammates, especially when I win a championship with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's Absolutely. not like you guys had, it's not like you guys had beef or issue. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, I re- I respect it. And one thing I respect is how you ride for Bron because I I catch a lot of flack for the way I ride for Bron. And you know, people will say like, oh man, you said this about LeBron. Um, um, that's disrespectful to Steph. And it's like, actually, the love that I got for Steph and how I ride for Steph, Steph knows how I ride for Steph. And Steph knows I got the love. Like, me me, uh, giving credit to LeBron or supporting LeBron or fucking being happy for LeBron, that doesn't dim Steph light. Like, you know, I always tell, like, think about it and tell people, like, that's your losing-ass mentality. That you think yeah. if I go say something about this, if I go say something about LeBron James that's positive, that it's dim and Steph's light? I don't dim Steph's light at all. Just like if, if if I go say something about Steph, that's not dimming LeBron's light. No, but no. but that's the, but and, and and I I agree with you and, and what you're saying is, but that's the mindset they want us to have. I always like compare it to slavery, where they try to turn us against each other. You know, where yep. it's like no. It has to be one or the other. It can't be Steph. Steph can't be great and LeBron can't be great or stuff like that. Like, I hate that. And so I agree with you 100%. Like, we have to ride for each other because at the end of the day, it's all we got. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. everybody always talk about like, oh, it's this it's this basketball fraternity, NBA fraternity. Like, man, that shit is fake. Like, guys do not support how they say they're going to support. They do not look out how they say they're going to look out. None of that. But the ones that you do have in your corner, and that's one thing that I can really appreciate about Clutch as a whole, the guys that you do have in your corner, man, you got to ride for, you got to ride with. And I disagree with Mario's statement from the standpoint of, obviously, like you just said, it's your teammate. You know what I'm saying? That's the guy you went to war with. That's the guy you won championships with. Um, And, like, don't get me wrong, you had to carry your own. Like, Mario was a damn good player, so I ain't taking nothing from him. But on the flip side, like, bro, I personally know people that were scared of LeBron James, so I I just, I all out just disagree. Because I know a bunch of people that were and still are, in fact, terrified of LeBron James. Like, I've seen it. At times, I've had teammates that was terrified of LeBron James. Like, and so I, I just didn't really understand. I just really didn't understand the statement. I got a lot of love for Mario. Um, 
you know, he's super tight with B. Rush. B. Rush was one of my OGs. Yeah, one of your vets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't, I, I didn't understand. I, I was I was very shocked. I was taken back. And listen, you know, people might be having bad days, so you never know what someone's going through. But I, I was very, I was disappointed because, you know, like like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a former teammate of yours. There's, there's no personal issues between you guys. There's no hate. It's not like you guys had a back and forth on Twitter. It's just like, it came out of left field. It's disappointing. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, in, in speaking of that, um, mm-hmm. you recently were on ESPN, which I want to get into, but you were recently on ESPN and you spoke about LeBron and Kyrie getting back together. Um, do you see that happening? Do you think, like, do you think that that there's a chance or not a chance? We know there's a chance, but do you think that happens, uh, that they get back together? Man, on, on top yeah. of that, what do you think ultimately made it go south? Yeah, uh, brother, I've been, I've been, I've been pushing that reuniting, you know, coming together for so long, um, because I, I, I saw the, 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 with Kyrie and LeBron, it's, it was almost like a match made in heaven. Like they brought the best <laughs> out of each other. It was like, it was like the things that Kyrie does great. Is different than what LeBron did. Like it was just such a beautiful, like it was beautiful to watch the two man game side pick and roll because they're so dynamic and great at so many different things. But together, it's like they're like it's almost like almost unstoppable. Like it was like an mm-hmm. amazing two on two. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. I think I think in terms of you know, could it happen? Yes. Will I continue pushing it when I when I'm on TV? Most definitely because I think you know Kyrie brings the best out of LeBron and LeBron does the same thing. Brings the best out of Kyrie, and I feel like it's almost like um. A, a, a story that, that it's it's I almost feel like it, it wasn't finished, you know, like it wasn't mm-hmm. finished the way it was supposed to. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, a lot of a lot of duels have had that. Maybe you know, Shaq and Penny or Kobe and Shaq. Like you know, there's so many like stories that I just feel like it's it's not over yet. You know, like there's still mm-hmm. there's still a couple more chapters between them two that they can make some magic happen. So you know, I hope it can happen. Um, to answer your second question, uh, you know, what went south? I think like in sports, you know, everyone goes through different things. And I think um, during that time and period, I think, um, you know, maybe something with the front office and Kyrie, maybe didn't see eye to eye, you know, maybe we could have did a better job of, 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 of addressing whatever he may have wanted because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he deserves a right to have a say in the organization. Like, like, you know, like you, it's nothing wrong asking for something, you know, he deserves, mm-hmm. he, he, he earned, the respect and the right, and he put that banner up there. He can come into the office and ask for something. Whether it happens or, or not, that's that's to be determined because I don't own the team. I don't make those calls. But I think we could have, as a franchise, might have figured out a way to make it work mm-hmm. or dedicated more time to try to make it work. I feel like we yeah. might have we might have rushed the trade a little bit, mm-hmm. especially with the fact with, with, with IT. I love IT. He's a great human being. I love IT. That's my dog. You know, with him coming, going, being injured, mm-hmm. I was I was told that you know if a player is injured, you can kind of void the trade. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so so for me, it was more so of a sense where like, if he's technically not cleared or that hip is not all the way right, why are we in such a rush to make this trade? Because mm-hmm. we still have Kyrie under contract, and Kyrie loves the game of basketball. I mean, look at with the Nets. There was times where he probably hated being there, but he still went on the court and he proved himself. And to be honest, 
he's probably he's probably been frustrated with that Nets organization for the last two years. But guess what? Those last twenty games with the Nets, he looked like a uh, MVP caliber player. They were going, I think they were like twelve and four or something, and and they had mm-hmm. great road wins against top teams. Like so, one thing about Kyrie, he he's a hooper. He's gonna buy in and play. If he's happy or not, we don't know the answer. But he's like hooper. He's gonna go and play. And and with the business of basketball, if you're a signature line player, you get royalties. You're not gonna get the royalty check if you sit on the sideline. So he's gonna play. Mm-hmm. He wants to be an all star. Like, like I just felt like the franchise might have not handled it. Maybe rushed it a little bit. Yeah, and we could have took a better time. Um, but you know that 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 happens. You know, I, I hope. You know, I love Kyrie. I love LeBron. I would love to see them together in in, in purple and gold. Um, I, I'm sure you wouldn't mind seeing that. Would be be some good TNT games, ESPN games. You guys would have be some good ESPN Absolutely. games. Golden State versus 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 LA. It'd be a good one. No, I'm, I'm I'm definitely not against that. Uh, we had, as you know, uh, you being a part of it, we we had some of the best battles uh, in NBA history. Uh, not just in our of our time, we had some of the best battles in NBA history. Obviously, that Game Seven being probably one of the most classic games the NBA has ever seen. Like, yeah. And so to have those battles, as you know, to play in those games, like that's that those are the games that bring the best out of you. It's the the Tuesdays against the terrible teams that I'm like, man, that y'all can have this shit. Like, oh man, oh, man. I tell you, well, a soft Tuesday is where you catch us slipping. A soft Tuesday mm-hmm. in Detroit, I'm like, man, yeah, I know you're from <laughs> Michigan. I know you're from Michigan, and when you come home, you like to have a big game. I know every time, every time you play against the Pistons, they always talk about you on the Pistons airway, and they try to get you in a trade. They try to trade for you to bring you home. I get it, but like. Cleveland Cavaliers versus Detroit Pistons on a soft Tuesday, man. Detroit, y'all can have that shit. Like, I don't know. I'm ready to get home. So, I, I, I get it. But, yes, yeah, those game sevens that we get up for, like, like, and then you would agree. There's certain players in our league that are regular season players and there's certain players that are playoff players. And I believe myself and you, we're playoff players. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we, are, we are in a game when it counts and when it matters because you've seen a lot of guys that have great regular seasons and then when it gets to the playoffs – Man, they tuck their tail and it goes, it goes they go from they go from sugar to shit. <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so speaking of the purple and gold, I got a couple more questions I'm gonna get you out yeah. of here. Um you recently just had a workout with the Lakers. Uh everything that I've heard from reports to talking to people that have a bunch of relationships around this league. Like everyone came back like talking about the shape that you're in. Like how great of shape at your age, um, at having not playing basketball, having not played all this year, but how great a shape you in. Like, speak to us about the workout and, like, um, just what you went in there and showed. And and are you expecting that to come to fruition? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm praying every day that, you know, that, that it comes to fruition. You know, I've been doing two-a-days all season, you know, it's, it, it's very easy for guys that are that are are not playing to to sit back and relax. But for me, it, 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 it's I'm so used to I'm a routine type of person. I'm a routine mm-hmm. guy. So for me, it was like you know I'm always gonna stay ready and stay right because when that phone call rings, I need to be ready because That's I want to prove to the world and prove to these teams that listen, I can still play at a high level. Like I'm watching these bigs and these backup bigs, and I'm like, I will kick his ass. I will I'll play this 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 guy. But you know, for whatever reasons that, you know, my, my phone never rang, it is what it is, and, and I can't control that, right? I'm not in a position of that. All I could do is stay ready, be a pro. And when I came to the Lakers workout, you know, I wanted to make sure I was in better shape than I've ever been. 
and I made sure I had my shirt off on purpose. I had my shirt off the whole workout. <laughs> I got there an hour early, like I was going to practice because in practice during season, I'd get there an hour early. I did my warm ups. I got a little little activation in. I was on the court, got my touch beforehand because I wanted to make sure with this workout, I left it all on the floor because listen, there's only opportunity so much in life. I'm not going to let an opportunity like that slip because of something, because of lack of preparation from me. You know what I'm saying? And that's part of being a pro. I'm going to prepare myself like this is this is all or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so when it came to that Lakers workout, I made sure I was in great shape, dunking the ball, windmilling. Put a, I was doing stuff where I was like, Ron, Ron the cell, I was like, man, don't see, I, I ain't see this since Cleveland. I'm like, yeah, because I'm because I'm ready. Like, fucking ready, bro. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to make this happen. I'm ready to help you guys make this push. And and I feel like I'm what I can bring to the table to help that team is a is an area that I think they they don't have right now. And I think um with a team that like like the Lakers that are trying to make a run, I think you always, especially at the center position, you need a guy that's gonna be great at what he does, be a star mm-hmm. in his role. And for me, one thing you know you're gonna get is some good ass screens. Yeah. A motherfucker who's an offensive rebound, play hard, switch one through five and compete. And then in the playoffs, those little things like a good screen can get a guy open, get a guy like D'Angelo open, get him going, get him hot. Uh, offense rebound. Haven't scored in four minutes. You get offense rebound, keep the possession alive, deflating to the defense, worried on the defense. You know what I'm saying? Or loose ball, an offense rebound, loose ball foul. Put a guy in foul, uh, foul trouble. A big, they can switch one through five where if yeah. a team's going small like you guys, I can switch on to Steph. I can switch on to Wiggins. I can switch on to 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 mm-hmm. to, to, to Clay. You need a big that can do those things because all those little things matter in a playoff setting because every possession counts. And 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 I know what I can. I know what I'm what I'm great at. I'm not saying I'm coming to Lakers to come shoot corner three. No, I'm. A, you guys know what you're gonna get. And in the locker room, I'm gonna be a guy that's gonna hold everyone accountable. And because you have new guys that are that are younger. And you kind of have the veterans with AD and Braun. I can be like that middle guy that could kind of unite everyone together because I know D'Lo. I know those young guys on a per- I know Vanderbilt. I know those guys on a personal level spend time with them. But I also, you know, AD and Braun are my brothers. So I can mm-hmm. be that guy to continue to gel and bring that unity. And that's what I can bring to the table for that team. <laughs> I know what you bring to a team. I uh, I personally think this Lakers team is very good. I've actually, for two years, everybody would talk about the Lakers. And I say, well... They got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They already got a chance. And now they've traded for these other guys. and Like, they're a real team now. So no disrespect, my brother, but I personally hope they leave you at home because I know <laughs> I know, I know what you bring to the table. I know how you help a team. Like, all of those things you just mentioned is what win you championships. Um, and so the impact that that will have on that team, like, I, the, people can say what they want. Talking heads can talk. They are a serious threat in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about the record all you want. They just got to get in. They get in. They are a serious threat in the West. And so I'm going to just tell you straight right here on Draymond Green's show, you, I, there is a hope that you do not sign with the Lakers, my friend. But I will tell you this, though. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other day, I, we, we, played, we played Houston. And... You're talking about a team that doesn't have a single vet on the team. And so, like, I look at a guy like yourself where you like, my phone didn't ring. And then I ask the question, Houston didn't even, like, Houston didn't call? Because what you can bring to even that locker room, see, we always look at it and we like, 
and and that's the competitiveness in us. But that's also this business, which is like, if I'm gonna bring a vet in, it has to be a championship team. Now, at this point in career, probably only want to go to a championship team. But in saying that, like a team like Houston, they got young talent, man. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr. Like the the list goes on. Tari Eason, I'm a big fan of Tari Eason. Yeah, um, he plays last off. He plays last yes. off. Yeah, I like yeah. him a lot. KJ. They don't have <laughs> any vets. And you look at a guy like yourself who's been through the ringer, true professional, uh, true professional, um, champion, understands it all. And it's like, what are they doing? You know what I'm saying? Like you ask yourself the question, and not what are they doing drafting, because I think they're drafting well. But mm-hmm. who's teaching these guys habits? Yes, and, and that brings back to what you said at the beginning. If you start playing basketball at a young age, you draft these young kids. And listen, I think they're drafting well and they're drafting good players, but it's like anything. How are these kids going to learn how to be pros and how to win meaningful basketball games if you just throw them out there? They need bets where they can – bets that, first of all, they respect, that actually have a resume, and that can actually go out there and, and lead by example. We're not saying we're not saying bring in bets and, and start them, but you got to put some bets in where they can play 10 to 15 minutes so the young guys can see, like, if the young guys are bullshitting, you pull them out, put some bets in, they see, and they're like, oh, wow, this is how you do it. And and that's the problem with our league. And and I started to notice that about, like, maybe about four four years ago is when they stopped, they stopped bringing bets. Like, these teams that are, like, at the bottom, they stopped bringing bets in, and they just rather – I think a lot of teams are hoping to find that hidden gem, which I get because there's a lot of guys that, like, the Manu Ginobili's of the world or, or the Isaiah Thomas, the last pick of the draft, a lot of teams want to take chances with these young guys to hopefully find the next gem. But in order for these young kids to blossom, to be the pro that you envision them to be when you draft them, they got to have some guidance. Mm-hmm. That's why a team like Sacramento for a long time struggled because they didn't have the right bets. But it was, you know what? They brought Mike Brown, who, who, who's, who you know how Mike Brown, I, I played with him for one year in Cleveland. He was my mm-hmm. coach. He was with you for, for, for some time in Golden State where, you know, He's a film guy. He's going to drill it. He's going to drill it. He's going to drill it until you understand. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that franchise needed. And now you see them playing at a higher level. Yeah. They didn't do nothing. For, like, they brought Sabonis and like, okay, but look at the record when they made a trade for Sabonis uh, last year. The record wasn't good. They were probably yeah. even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, but but they brought a leader in, in Mike Brown, who instilled his, 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 his fundamentals and his philosophy. And even though his film session might be two hours, you're going to understand this. <laughs> you know, you're going to understand this. You are going to do all these pick and rolls and you're going to hedge or you're going to be in a deep drop. You're going to do these drills for so long and be pissed off. But guess what? It can lead to wins. And that's why that team is playing at a higher level. So these young, these young teams, you think they got it. You got to bring bets. You got to have a little mixture of both. It's the only way that you, you're going to accelerate the, 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 the process of hopefully having that team go from a lottery to being competitive. Absolutely. And man, last question. I appreciate you. This has been incredible. Uh, you're insightful. You're smart as shit. And, and you're not afraid to hear your own voice or not afraid to say anything. I love it. I know everybody's yeah. going to love this interview. It's incredible. No, it's but a good one. You, you've been on ESPN lately. Um, is that what you plan to do? Like when you're done, uh, is it coaching? Is it, or, or is this something you're just testing out? Uh, or is it coaching? Is it GM? Because I know you're going to want to stay around the game. You love basketball too much. Yeah, no, I, I love basketball. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. talking to Rich, um, it's a good problem to have in terms of you can almost, because of, you know, 
you know, the resume and me being articulated and, and knowing the game of basketball and having relationships, I can almost pick out of the three where I could be like, go into coaching or you want to do front office or you want to do TV. And for me, you know, doing the ESPN uh, stuff, I love it. I love, I love media. I love talking about sports because it, 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 it makes me feel so attached to the game where it, it, it's authentic. You know, like mm-hmm. when it comes when it comes to front office stuff, it's a tough, it's a slippery slope because you got to, I mean, we mean you're alike where in terms of like, if I'm in the front office, I'm assistant GM or I'm a scout and the guy that's ahead of me is a, is a dumbass. <laughs> and I have to sit there and just look, look at him and just like, I can't fake it. I'm not going to fake this. Front office is a tough thing where it's like, for me, if I was going to go front office, it had to be a situation where I either know the GM or the president and we like see eye to eye. You know what I'm saying? Like, we understand Absolutely. like, like I respect you and I, and you know what's going on, but I can't fake the funk to, to be under a guy that was, 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 a, was, a, was, was a, a media guy or doesn't have no basketball experience. So, so for me, like, that's one reason why I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not too sure about front office. Coaching, you know, coaching is great, but it takes a lot of time away yeah. from family. You know, it takes a lot. And it's, it's think about this. When we have, if you have shoot on at 10, we'll show up at nine, but the coaches be there at eight for coaches meeting. This is a little tough. This is a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Don't get me wrong. It's not about the money, but I said, you know, like, just because I've had so much time with my kids right now, and my kids are of age where they're growing up, like, I kind of want to be around that. So, like, mm-hmm. media is almost like that perfect balance because it's, the hours are, are, are not as hectic as the NBA and, and I can still stay involved with the game. And, and media is growing. The new media is growing. Yeah. It's growing at a high level. And it's like, you know, they're going to need more guys like us. You know, nice. obviously, you're still playing at a high level. You're still playing. so And you're doing your podcast, which is basically you keep you, you, you keep your toe in, your toe in there. <laughs> so, 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 I love, so I love that you're doing that. But for me right now, it's like, yeah, I love the ESPN. I love, I love doing it. It's fun. It's good to get after it. And it's something that I really want to, continue to explore if I'm not playing no more. You know, mm-hmm. of course, playing is number one. That's why I stay in shape. If I didn't care about playing, I might have looked like some other retired guys that be looking like, <laughs> they go from <laughs> like big like this. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you haven't played for two years. That's how big you got. Like, geez. So, of course, you know, if, if I'm not on the court, I would love to continue doing media. Whether You know, ESPN, I have to give a, a shout out to them for thanking them, for giving them me the opportunity. I loved it. I had a great time. And, um, you know, hopefully I can continue, continue doing the media stuff while I'm, you know, while I'm not playing. No, it's great, bro. I've, I've watched you. Um, like I said, you're very insightful. You're very smart. Like, and, and, and you're candid. And I love it. Not that I'm some guru. I just see what I see on TV and you like what you like. You like what you don't, you, you know what you don't like. And I think you have a very bright future in it because, like I said, and, and most importantly, you care. Like you can tell when you're speaking, you care about what's going on. So I thank you, bro. Uh coming on the podcast. This has been one of the best shows we've had. And last but not least, before we get out of here, let's talk to these people about you punching me. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought we were gonna go for that. <laughs> listen, man, listen, all that to the phone, but listen, that was in the past. Listen. You know what? You know it's it's so funny because like, you know like when we in the finals, bro, it, it it got after because listen, I'm me and you are both we're both the the, the glue guys, we're the muscle Absolutely. for our team. So you know obviously you know shit happened in the past, but it's stupid. Like you know, I'm like man, we so passed that. It was just it was it was it was a crazy night, at Delilah. 
fucking Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> Delilah and tequila. <laughs> Delilah and tequila. Delilah and tequila. Hey, y'all. Uh, I go up the double T. I tell Rich. This is how this happened. I tell Rich. I'm like, Rich, I should just go over there and fucking punch him right now. Rich and Mav, like, no chance you doing that. We've worked way too hard to get here. That story is going to tear us all down. No chance you doing that. What you're going to do is you're going to go over there. You're going to talk to him. Y'all going to talk it out, and we're going to move forward. I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to punch him. <laughs> They're like, okay, you do that shit if you want to. We're going to have a problem. So after about 30 minutes, I'm like, all right, Rich. And he just keep telling me, like, you ready yet? You going to go talk yet? Like, I'm like, no. So finally, I'm like, all right, Rich, I'll go talk. I go up to Double T. Like, hey, bro, what's up, bro? I'm just coming to holler. Dog, charge me. Charge right at me. <laughs> now, mind you, it's Delilah, tequila, drinks, floor slippery as hell. So dude, charge at me. I'm sliding back. <laughs> yeah, the tables are getting pushed. People I, are screaming. People are grabbing me. I'm like, man, what the? We were I, just so late. I was like, man. Uh, but guess what? The good thing is that we we made we made up that night, and Absolutely. we had some more shots. We had a Absolutely. great night, and, and even though I lost my 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 two carat diamond earrings, good thing I had them <laughs> I had them insured. Insurance dropped me after, but it was it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh. So there y'all have it. There you go, people. Yes. My brother, Double T, I appreciate my you, brother. Bro. My brother, thank you for having me. I'm super proud of you. Best of luck the rest of the season. Keep doing your thing. Don't let nobody ever change you, even though I know that's not going to happen because you are stubborn as a fucking, fucking male. So I know that's not going to change. So keep doing your thing. Thank you for having me on your show. Hopefully everyone's going to enjoy it, love it, and we keep the good times going. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you for coming on the show. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee-Wee Championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.